Oh my god. What the f No, it's okay. On this show, you can say fuck. Welcome to another episode of What the Fuck. I am Josh Hadley. Against her better judgment, the cat is here. Yep. Against my better judgment. I'm here to record instead of drinking a bottle of NyQuil and going to bed like I want. NyQuil or ZQuil? Actually, I do drink ZQuil sometimes. It doesn't really help that much and it tastes disgusting. But... If you guys want to help out or you need some sort of a sex toy or something, you go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code WHAT, W-H-A-T, and you will get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free sex swing, and free U.S. shipping. Just use the promo code WHAT at adamandeve.com. Let's just start off with... That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. This isn't necessarily dumb as more perplexing. So experts are really not sure how a a 12-month-old, 11-meter-long humpback whale ended up in the middle of the Amazon jungle. I thought I read a solution about how that happened, though. They think they know how it could have happened, but it's still, it's kind of just all of a sudden you're walking through the Amazon and you go, there's a marine mammal here. (laughs) That I don't think should be, considering we're not that close to the coastline. Why is there a marine mammal in the middle of the Amazon jungle? It turns out it was most likely the calf was near near the shoreline when a huge wave, because they've been having bad storms, picked it up and basically chucked it into the middle of the jungle. It's probably a more cartoonishly fun image than actually what happened, because this poor whale died. I was going to say, there's no way it, it, it survived, did it? No, unfortunately not. And they said it was probably about a year old. It was a calf. I can just imagine almost in a sitcom-like way walking through the jungle and going, um, that's a whale. Guys? In the middle of the jungle. This is <laughs> weird, right? So <laughs> This is how Finding Nemo really ends. All right, everything else we're going to talk about tonight has, you know, deep social implications. First, we're going to talk about hookers. Well, apparently, New York wants to decriminalize them. They actually are looking at a way to decriminalize, you know, if they can pass it with votes and whatnot, prostitution, making prostitution legal. As you can imagine, there are heated arguments on both sides of this. If prostitution were legalized, and I've been saying this for a long time, it should be. If prostitution were legalized, other than stupid moral church-type panics, there is no downside to it. One, you get to tax the income. Two, you get to regulate the industry so the girls are brought in for health checks. If they have AIDS, they're, you know, not allowed to work, things like that. And three, you completely and utterly destroy the human slavery and human trafficking market. Because it was found that 70% of prostitutes in New York City are in one way or another, whether it's physically or just financially, part of the human trafficking are part of human trafficking. Because literally, if you legalize it, that all goes away overnight. Other than moral reasons, why shouldn't prostitution be legalized? There, There is no reason. It should It should be legalized. So we're not, we're, okay, we're not going to have much of a debate on this one? Then, then let me pose this to you. Do you think it can actually happen now? Do you think no. in 2019, coming, you know, we're legalizing pot around the country? Do you think decriminalizing prostitution, whether it's even just in New York State or countrywide, do you think it actually has a chance of making it? No. I I mean, I wish, but no. Like the pot thing. How many decades did it take of fighting and fighting and all of this medical information, and it's not even legal everywhere for all of the reasons it should be? You know, it's like, oh, so we've got medical marijuana now, but you can't even do it recreationally, even though there really is no harm and there's tons of benefits right so it's like you still have to fight tooth and nail to get medical marijuana much less recreational so prostitution is is going to be even more of a hurdle and uh the the reason why is because it involves women and this country will never get tired of shaming women for being sexually active because there are too many uh, conservative-minded people, too many religious-minded people who are going to view it as being sinful or, you know, something that is wrong. Even though it is a service that has been in demand since the dawn of humanity, because prostitution is mostly women, not exclusively, but it's a lot of it, it's just something that we're going to keep doing as a society because it's easier to 
shame women and punish women than it is to change. Well, do you think just like with pot, like you said, it was fought for years and years and years and years. When it actually became legal, like in Colorado, everyone went, I never thought I'd see this day. Do you think we're we're going to get to that point with, with pussy or not? Maybe in the future, but here's the thing is that it's profitable for white men to legalize marijuana. It is not profitable that we know of so far, specifically to the people in power, which is mostly white men, to legalize prostitution. Not when when there's so many people who are benefiting from its illegality. You know, when you get like prisons and stuff and the whole corruption there and the more people we can put in prison, the better. Shit like that. Um, is why we continue to have so many problems with our laws. You know, stuff that should be completely legal, that we could regulate and make safe, and probably, like marijuana, make a profit off of, until it's going to benefit some rich white dude, we're not going to get it. Okay, then let's, sh- then let's shift gears to something else. Money, or electronic money. So, right now, there are lawsuits in Philadelphia going on where certain businesses are saying, we don't want to have to take cash anymore. We are, we want to be a cashless business and that whole, cause remember, if you pick up a dollar bill, this is legal tender for all debts, private and public. You legally have to accept cash. And there are Philadelphia businesses saying 95% of people that come in here pay with, with credit. We just want to go straight electronic. And the law says you can't. And there are, there are some other layers here. But do you think a place should be able to turn away cash? Not really. And I, I did actually read this article that you sent me about why people want to go cashless because cash makes you a bigger target, you know, for theft and stuff like that. I get that. But the way that stuff is taxed and everything, it just seems so backwards to me to just go, we want everything to be digital. I mean, this makes you a target for other types of crime, other types of theft that is not necessarily physical theft, you know, like data records and and credit card information, that sort of thing. That's all stuff that can be taken digitally. If you were to move to an entirely cashless system, you have nothing. I guess you have the money in the bank that's actually just digital money as well. But it just sort of seems like, sure, you're not going to get robbed because you have nothing of value. Actually, it doesn't even mean that because if you're like a store or something, you always have something of value. It's unfair because not everybody has good enough credit to get a credit card. Not everybody has a computer uh, to do their banking digitally and to be able to have like PayPal and stuff like that. Not everybody has phones to be able to do stuff, especially think of um, the poor and the elderly. Uh, two of the most vulnerable bases we have in this country are the least likely to to have the necessary technology to keep them up to date with modern everything. So they're the I would think the most likely to use cash. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, like drug dealers probably use a lot of cash, but. Well, there, there's also another angle, and you hit on it a little bit with the poor. A financial and racial issue in here. Crunching the numbers, black people and Hispanic people, especially lower income, if both of them, as well as any kind of lower income person, white, Asian, whatever, are less likely to have a debit card. Not even just a credit card, just a debit card. And there's also another thing, because, and this this ties into the race thing, because we incarcerate brown people at a larger rate than anything else, lots of banks will not do business with felons. Say you go to jail on a you know minor drug beef, you get out three or four years later, you can't get a bank account, so you can't get a debit card. So now what these places are saying is you can't shop here because you only have paper money, which is legally mandated by the United States government. There's this thing where I see how what they're saying. Really, this is a way to... Because a lot of the places that are suing the, the government of Philadelphia are higher-end places. This is sort of a way of going, well, if we go cashless, we keep the riffraff out of our place. Yeah, I also think about, um, like, if you eat at a restaurant and you put the tip on your card, the way that that gets taxed means that the the person who is making the money gets, like, that goes onto their taxes at the end of the year, as opposed to if they got cash. So, like, they're getting taxed on something that they don't have to get taxed on if you just had cash. So it's kind of like it's going to risk the people who have the shittier jobs in the world, so again, the poor, and take away more of their money. 
Potentially. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the idea of cashless. I mean, I understand. I do a lot of my business online. I PayPal and put my card on Amazon and all that. That's fine. But it's also nice to just be able to... Honestly, you're you're broke and you go digging through the cushions and you find three bucks and you can go get a pizza. That's also nice, too, to just find money, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And it, it's also important. People have options. Because, yeah, you're not going to have somebody robbing a bank in, in a movie like, like you see in a movie. It's way easier for digital pirates because these are all just ones and zeros in a computer. It is way easy to break in. I mean, I'm sure they have great security to just break into some place and, and just go, wait a minute, wh- wh- where, where'd all the ones and zeros go? And then you're broke. Yeah, and then think about, like, places like gas stations or something where they sell small things, you know, just like candy bars and sodas and stuff like that. Most people do not put that on their cards because of the fees, because then you end up paying more in fees somewhere down the line than you did for the candy bar. So you you pay for that shit in cash, because it's stupid to put, like, a dollar on your card. I, I, I see their side, but only a little bit of me. Most of it says, fuck you, take the cash. Yeah, I do. we're not there in the society yet. I mean, we have to get to the point where, you know, we've all got chips in our hands or something like that. We could just wave our hand over a scanner and it charges it to an account. I mean, we'll get there one day. We're practically there, but we're not there yet. So take my change and my cash, please. Well, on that note, you're going to take we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about racism and terrorism, because, of course, been a while. How is this country doing? What do you think the health of America is? America's on fucking life support, and I hate to fucking say it, 
you know, there was a massacre in New Zealand uh, yesterday. I, over 50 people were fucking killed already because they stormed a bunch of mosques and they and they were basically proven to be influenced by Donald Trump. Some of his manifesto was found on them or they said something or whatever. I'm of the opinion, and people may disagree with me, that we're not going to get rid of this guy. This guy is already inciting fucking violence against against anybody who's going to run against him. Put a fucking statement out today against military people and bikers and all these other so-called guys that are going to get tough with people who fuck with him. Pete, he also called today the Mueller report an illegal investigation into a legal president. Yeah, well, he's not a legal president, but like I say, the bottom line is he's not going to relinquish, relinquish his power, even if he's soundly fucking defeated in a presidential election. What he's doing now is he's gathering a bunch of fucking misfits around him, a bunch of disgruntled fucking assholes. I mean, what biker in their right mind would support this cocksucker? He's going to have a bunch of fucking right-wing fucking lunatics as his little personal fucking army. He's not going to fucking leave peacefully. This nation for whatever reason, refuses to fucking take steps to remove him from office. You know, all, all this, uh, you know, how would you say, what the fuck is the word? Nancy Pelosi did that. I'm not moving towards impeachment because he's not worth it. Okay, if he's not worth it, who the fuck is? Bill Clinton? Well, that's, it's a question of, you, you can make all the move for impeachment you want. It's a long and complicated process. And I think basically what, what she's saying is, if we get jerked around with this, this, this fuels his people even more. I think a lot of the shit that's going on is they're hoping he gets at, he gets run out of fucking office, whether he run, exists to run the election or whether he just declares himself king of the United States is another fucking deal. Legally, if he's out of office, he can be prosecuted by New York, New Jersey. The states can prosecute his ass. He's not immune to prosecution by from the states. That's the, one of the whole reasons why they pulled that fucking switcheroo with Paul Manafort, because on a federal indictment, Trump can pardon him, but on a state indictment, they can't. Okay, the way I look at, like, the Nancy Pelosi thing is, she's looking out for herself. She knows there's an election in less than two years, and she wants to get reelected, and she she's angling for, we'll just beat him in the general election. She doesn't care about what's good for the country. She cares about what's good for her party. Oh, she's, she's always been a fucking piece of shit, and the fact that, you know, if, 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 Pence, if him and Pence go, she's the fucking president is another fucking joke. But when you look at what the Democrats are throwing up on the front line, I mean, come on, Joe Biden, that just divided the whole fucking party. None, none of these people, and I'm, I'm even talking Sanders, there's nobody out there that's going to do anybody any fucking good. This this is, you know, what this country has morphed into when you saw the whole celebrity fucking bullshit about rich people buying their way into fucking schools for their kids and shit like that. The, the rich are ruining this fucking country. They're running it into the fucking ground, and we can't do anything about it because people like you and I have no fucking assets to do anything about it. Everybody can scream and yell at these corporations. You can have all the peaceful protests you want. They don't fucking care. What you have to do is hit them in the pocketbook. You have to pick a corporation and boycott one of its products. I mean, totally, utterly boycott it. Because once you hit them in the fucking pocketbook, that's the only thing that matters to these people. The almighty fucking dollar. So once that almighty fucking dollar stops flowing in, then they'll stand up and take notice. That's the only thing that's going to hurt them. Taking to the fucking streets, being peaceful, isn't going to hurt them. Hitting them in the pocketbook will fucking hurt them. But with Trump, and I'm talking more about his kids, his family, family, his extended, his extended mob of criminals, yeah. these people, they don't care. Even if you hit him in the pocketbook, they don't care. They are in this for themselves. They've already squirreled away probably billions at this point, but hundreds of millions of dollars. Right now, if most of the criminals he has surrounding him had to go on the lam, they could be comfortable for the rest of their lives. They don't need any more, but it's it's the greed. They see this greed, and they it's like, it's not enough. I need more. I need more. I need to wreck this country. Just this last week. Trump signed a bill saying that not just mines, but, but factories and companies can legally start dumping their waste into waterways again because environmental laws get in the way of business. We're a business country. You know, every, every, unfortunately, everything gets in the way of business. But another, another thing that we, you know, we, we've skirted around. You actually have people that believe he is the second coming of Christ. He was signing have, Bibles. I, I threw it in. I got a cousin who's another evangelical fucking born again. I know what Jesus dick tastes like fuck. And I threw that at him. That he gets a pass. I mean, literally, he could ass rape a fucking toddler 
on the altar of an evangelical church and they would fucking cheer him on. That's how fucking deranged these people are. That's how deranged anybody who supports this cocksucker is. And they said something about goon squads and shit like that. You know something, motherfucker? The chance to disarm this country is long fucking gone. You got a gunpowder mentality here and you got a heavily armed fucking society. Fucking come to my house and look to do me or mine any fucking harm. I will fucking bury your ass on my fucking front lawn. And I can legally do it because we have the castle doctrine in Ohio. Fucking threaten me. Fucking try to do me harm. I will bury your fucking ass on my front lawn. And I will not use a gun on you. Any Christian out there, why you love Donald Trump? The man is signing Bibles, which should be a sacrilege in and of itself. The man who's cheated on every wife he's had, raw dogs porn stars, lies as much as he breathes, has no idea of a single passage in the Bible, and somehow you're like, but he's doing good for the country, so yeah, he's Christian. I want a Christian to explain this to me. I can explain it to you in one word. Abortion. They want abortion overturned. That's the whole deal. These people would not take in an unwanted child, would not help a fucking starving child, but they don't, they give more, more rights to the unborn. The fetal heartbeat bill just passed in Ohio makes this one of the most draconian states around. That's their whole premise. That's why my sister voted for him, because he's going to overturn Roe versus Wade and we're going to save all these, all these babies that would be aborted. You know something? We got a population problem as it is, and I'm sorry. Unless you're going to fucking take these kids in and feed them, go the coat hanger See, route. As crude as it fucking sounds, I don't give a fuck. I'm paraphrasing George Carlin here because he nailed it perfectly when it comes to this shit. All of these people who are anti-abortion are also anti any kind of head start, any kind of welfare, because what they see is when you grow up poor, when you are born to an unwed welfare mother who had you due to an accident and could not fix her life, you are going to have a shitty life and you are either going to become a criminal or be conscripted into the military. So they see these live babies as future dead soldiers for them. I won't disagree with that. It's almost like, remember, remember what that fucking, oh, Starship Troopers. To serve, to, to, to be a citizen, you have to serve. There are actually countries out there right now where you are conscripted into the military to serve. Like, have, have you ever seen the, the movie Hardware, the Richard Stanley movie from 1990? Long time ago. That was based on a short film he did back when he was in South Africa, because he's a South African. When he was do- talking about the commentary on that short film, every single one of the actors in that film was dead. Why? They were all conscripted into the South, into the South African military, and they were killed in some pointless war. Yeah, that's all we have is pointless wars, so people like Dick Cheney can get rich with Halliburton and shit like that. The only thing we do in this country, we export death. There's no life. We sell death. Right down, right down to our, our medic, our, our, our healthcare. We just sell death. That's all we do. That's what we are. We sell death. And here's something else everybody can think about. I'm not a religious guy, but I sat here last night and saw a storm fucking rip through here, and all I've been seeing is fucking monster fucking storms and shit like that. If you want to read the fucking Bible, and you want to put all this shit in a fucking row, we could be at the end of days if you're religious. And like I said, I'm not very religious, but I was brought up a Catholic, and I look at what's going on here with, with the fucking fires and these huge monster fucking storms, these monster hurricanes and this shit. This planet's trying to get rid of us, just like it did the dinosaurs. That thief in the night kind of shit's going to happen where there's the rapture and then seven years of hell while the Antichrist is the president. Hmm, a little bit. Okay, I thought about that a little bit as I said it. And then then there'll be a new age of prosperity. Do you think Christians like believe that? You and I hate Trump. We would see him as the Antichrist is already president. Isn't it weird how the people who actually believe in the, the rapture and these things aren't seeing what's right in front of them? No, because they don't want to see it. All, all, all they see is a guy who fucking charmed them because they are stupid. I repeat, stupid. These people are uneducated, uninformed, and they revel in their fucking ignorance. The reason, the reason the black guy got the job because they didn't was they dropped out of high school when they were of age at 16 and he didn't. That's the fucking problem. All these fat, overweight, slimy motherfuckers think the world owes them a living. It doesn't. Get off your fucking fat ass, put down your fucking cheese bags of Cheetos, and go get a fucking job. Because there are jobs out there. They may not be the jobs you fucking want, but there are jobs out there. 
But no, no, Mr. Trump's going to do us good. Matter of fact, the motherfucker's going to be here next week at, at the last plant in the country that makes army tanks. Fuck going to Lordstown where GM closed down three fucking plants and put all, the whole fucking town out of work. No, we're going to Lima where they make army tanks. That's the country we live in. Uh, this guy is a fucking, he's a complete fucking piece of shit. And anybody who fucking believes his, his fucking bullshit follows his ass is another complete piece of shit. racial stories here. First one is Maryland lawmaker Democrat Mary Ann Lestani. She was she was talking to a, a colleague at a cigar bar. Now you might say this is all anecdotal, but she apologized for it, which implies she actually said it. She was being asked whether she was going to speak door knocking and campaigning in Prince George's County, which is a 65% black district. She said there would be no point in her doing door knocking in a nigger district. She's of course apologized, quote, I am sickened that, that a word that is not in my vocabulary came out of my mouth, does not represent my belief system, blah, 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 blah. Wow, huh? Yeah, I'm sure that that went over well in PG County. Jesus. Okay, apology that this is not in my vocabulary and it just slipped out is such shit. That is not a thing that happens. It's it's you don't use that word freely amongst your friends unless it's part of your vocabulary. It's a word so bad that we don't even use it. We call it the N word. So if you are able to just like word vomit that out in a casual conversation with people in a cigar bar, then it's part of your vocabulary. And if it's part of your vocabulary, it is reflective of your belief system. You might not actually be like the worst person in the world, but if it's part of your vocabulary, it, it at least says something that either you do not understand or respect the reason why you should not be using it. Do you think she'll get any kind of blowback with this when, when, yes. when, elect, when election time comes back? I think Prince George's County might be voting Republican just out of spite. God, I didn't even live in PG County when I lived in Maryland. And I, there was still a huge black population where I lived, like all of the, the, the schools and everything. I mean, like, there's a lot of black people in that state. You know, it's, it, it's not a little deal. It's not a word that anybody should be using 
in any kind of setting, again, unless you're black, it will probably have a, a bit of an effect, you know. I, I read her um, response about it that she might have used the word, like, just just own up to it. Like, just be honest. Don't try and sugarcoat it. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna have a, a an effect on her during election season when everybody remembers, and it will get brought up. Well, let's talk about something else that's race related. So this one's gonna take some backstory, and I'm gonna be reading a bunch of quotes because they're necessary. So do you think almost fifty years after the fact that an interview that John Wayne gave should be affecting things today. For instance, John Wayne International Airport is thinking of removing the John Wayne. John Wayne Boulevard, they are thinking about renaming because in 1971, John Wayne gave a very lengthy interview to Playboy magazine. And holy shit, is this some racist stuff coming out of John Wayne's mouth. But again, it's not like this was hidden it's not like Playboy's an obscure magazine. That month, they sold 7.2 million copies. So, a lot of people read this interview in 1971. Nobody had a problem with it until about a month ago. Do you think, and I'm going to read some of his quotes in a minute, but do you think if John Wayne turned out to be a racist piece of shit, they should be basically unpersoning him? Yeah. Yeah. It's not anymore... I it's not healthy to ignore the bad things. Everybody has a problematic fave. I'm going to put this in, in, in computer internet speech. Everybody has a problematic fave. And the important thing about your problematic fave is recognizing that they are problematic. We don't get to gloss over the negative parts about somebody just because they're famous or, you know, like a real American hero or something. If, if somebody was a racist piece of shit and also made some cool movies, they were still a racist piece of shit. This is why there's so much talk about tearing down Confederate monuments. It happened a long, long time ago, but it's what it represents. So yeah, if somebody was a racist piece of shit, I don't want, I don't want stuff named after them. If they but were not a good person, then my, why continue to celebrate them just because they did some good things, but were still a bad person? And I'm not, dis I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying, why now? This interview is nearly 50 years old. It wasn't, it seemed to have not been a problem in the 70s or the 80s or the 90s or the aughts, why all of a sudden now, just Be under 50 years later, is this interview because, a problem? Because now it's a problem. Back then, being racist was normal. And even through the 80s, you know, racism was still prevalent. And now we're realizing that with the internet and, and the Me Too movement, that people should not be allowed to get away with saying racist things and being a piece of shit. Now, when we find out that Bill Cosby raped a bunch of women a long time ago, it's a problem because it still happened. The amount of time doesn't make it less terrible. It's just now we recognize that this is not okay and that if we can stand up and say, hey, this is wrong, then going forward, we might stand a chance of eliminating it. But if we look back and say, ah, well, he said that, but it was just the times. It was never okay then. It was just more normalized then. But it was okay, still I the wrong thing to do. Oh, without a doubt. Now let's put some context into this. I'm going to read some of the worst parts of this. So the, this first part, he's responding to the interviews, asking him, you remember, this is 1971, Easy Rider had just come out, Midnight Cowboy had just come out, things like, you know, the times in movies, they were a change in as was society. Quote, would you say that the wonderful love of those two men in Midnight Cowboy, a story about two fags, qualifies as quality? But don't get me wrong, as far as a man and a woman is concerned, I'm awfully happy there's a thing called sex. So it's an extra something God gave us. I see no reason why it shouldn't be in pictures. Healthy, lustful sex is wonderful, not gay sex. And then he goes on to, he was asked about educator and activist Angela Davis and discrimination. He responded, quote, with a lot of, with a, with a lot of blacks, there's quite a bit of resentment along, along with their descent, and possibly rightfully so. But we can't all of a sudden get down on our knees and turn everything over to the leadership of the blacks. I believe in white supremacy until the blacks are educated to a point of responsibility. I don't believe in giving people authority and positions of leadership and judgment to irresponsible people. It's not about judgment. The academic community has developed certain tests that determine whether the blacks... I, this is just me breaking in. I love the fact that he keeps saying the blacks. The blacks are significantly equipped scholastically, but some of the blacks have tried to force the issue and enter college when they haven't passed the test and don't have the requisite background. I don't know why people insist that blacks have, have been forbidden 
have been forbidden their right to go to school. They were allowed in public schools wherever I've been. Even if they didn't have the proper credentials for college, there are courses to help them become eligible. If they aren't academically ready for the step, I don't think they should be allowed in. Otherwise, the academic society is brought down to the lowest common denominator. There has to be a standard. I don't feel guilty about the fact that five or ten generations ago these people were slaves. Now, I'm not condoning slavery. It's just a fact of life like the kid who gets infantile paralysis and has to wear braces so he can't play football with the rest of us. I will say this, though. I think any black who can compete as a who can compete with a white today can get a better break than a white man. I wish they'd tell me where in the world they have it better than right here in America, unquote. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm I'm not finished. That's just his thoughts on the blacks. Jesus. I told you it was bad. This is this is rough. Well, how about how he talks about Native Americans? Oh, Quote no. I don't feel we did anything wrong in taking this great country away from them, if that's what you're asking. Our so-called stealing of this land from them was just a matter of survival. They were a great number of people who needed new land. I think that was supposed to be there. They were a great number of people who needed new land, and the Indians were selfishly trying to keep it for themselves. <sighs> Look, I'm sure there have been inequities. If those inequities are presently affecting any of the Indians now alive, they have a right to a court hearing. But what happened a hundred years ago in our country can't be blamed on us today. Unquote. Um, so, John Wayne was a fucking racist. Holy shit. I mean, holy shit. This was in the 70s. 71. Jesus Christ. Kill your heroes, guys. Kill your heroes. But that's kind of my point. This thing, like I said, this is not some obscure magazine. 7.2 million copies. So, people read this article. This this interview, it probably popped up again, you know, I'm sure people finding old copies in the 80s and 90s. Now, somebody found it, put it on Twitter, and all of a sudden, it's John Wayne needs to be on person. Now, I'm not, agree I'm not agreeing at all with anything what he's saying. I'm just kind of weirded out by the fact that why all of a sudden? It'd be one thing if this were like a lost interview and it just saw light today. It's been sitting there for 50 years. Yeah, but the Me Too movement has only happened in the last couple of years. And I really feel like, and this isn't obviously like a Me Too thing, but this is a, we are now, just in the last couple of years, really making a movement to, I don't want to say be politically correct, because we've been trying to be politically correct for a long time, but it, there's an awareness now that there wasn't before because of at least in part the Me Too movement, where we're standing up and saying, hey, people don't get to get away with things just because they were famous or it happened a long time ago. So I'm sure somebody read this article a couple, you know, like 10 years ago and was like, nah, whatever. And then all of a sudden we are trying to get rid of Confederate monuments and sending people to jail for rapes that happened a long time ago. And we're now more aware of justice. That we, we know now that we should be looking at the past and, and not being forgiving. In that, he outright said he believes in white supremacy. That, I, now he claim, or sorry, not he, his son claims that that was not, not taken out of context. He's not accusing the Playboy interviewer of, you know, like doing a hit job because his dad did say that, but his dad tried to clarify years later, I didn't mean it like that. I don't know. His son has been in damage control for about a month, going on all the talk shows to try and be like, my dad was not a racist. He regularly worked. He, he regularly gave jobs to Indians and black people and gays in his movies. So he's like, that proves my dad was a good man. And I'm going, I don't know. His words kind of don't, though. Yeah. I mean, if you're we're not going to, like, applaud for a guy who employs a Native American to play a tragic st Indian stereotype in a film. There's a huge difference between, uh, I employed somebody. That's like the, the whole, I can't be racist because I have a black friend thing. Trump like, just tried that. Oh, I know. Tokenism is not the absence of racism. Well, let's talk about Trump. Well, okay, Trump is only tangential to this. But there is an interesting case that's going to be coming up in court soon. So, first, do you know who Christopher P. Hassan is? No. He was a 49-year-old lieutenant in the Coast Guard. 
He's he's got 20 years of experience. He's white, despite the Hassan in his name. I I might be pronouncing it wrong. H a s s o n. I'm assuming that's pronounced Hassan. Hassan maybe. Hassan. I don't know. But he's white. He's a Coast Guard official. He's a Coast Guard lieutenant with, like I said, two decades of experience. And he was just arrested for possibly planning a mass shooting and terrorism spree. He had tens of thousands of rounds of ammunition, automatic weapons, grenades, plans drawn up for how he was going to assassinate. He had a hit list which all were Trump's enemies, the Washington, the head of the Washington Post, CNN anchors, Democrats that were involved in certain hearings against Trump, the media, things like that. So that's how this is related to Trump. This is kind of his rhetoric, planning a massive attack to, quote, make a white homeland out of America and to take our country back. Here's where it gets sticky. His lawyers are arguing that this was all just in his head. He never actually threatened anyone. He had an exemplary record with the Coast Guard. He he never did anything to move these plans forward other than collecting weapons. He didn't try to get tonium or anything like that. They're actually arguing it was all just a fantasy. This is my equivocation. Like he was playing Dungeons and Dragons. It was just a fantasy in his head and that his arrest was not only unwarranted, but illegal. I mean, they're almost playing Insanity, the Insanity card, very close. If it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, you don't think zebra. If it looks like he's going to plan a massacre and he talks like he's going to plan a massacre, probably not inviting them over for a tea party. Usually when somebody amasses weapons and, you know, talks about wanting to kill a bunch of people, that's usually a good clue that they're going to do something crazy. I don't want to get too much on the slippery slope of arresting people before they've done something illegal, but did this dude actually do anything illegal other than plan to kill a bunch of people? That's the thing. His lawyer's arguing, quote, it's not a crime to think negative thoughts. It's also not a crime to think about and write about doomsday scenarios. Mm. At some point, the law has to go, okay, we understand that something hasn't been done yet. And this is where the law gets sticky because until he actually kills someone, he hasn't committed a crime. But we can't prevent the crime because he hasn't killed someone. It's a catch-22. Right. So aren't we better off not taking that risk and going, hey, we're going to detain you until we can ascertain whether or not you were seriously going to kill someone? Well, this has already done some work in ginning up, not not Trump's base so much, although these people are Trump supporters, but more of the, the conspiracy fringe. He's being prosecuted for thought crimes, giving the hard right, the fringe right-wingers, more ammunition. This is what's wrong with the government. This is why the government needs to be stopped. They're literally getting into your head now and saying, we think you were serious about this, so you go to prison for the rest of your life, and they take away all your guns just because you thought something. Literally, Alex Jones has pulled out this is thought police. Technically, he isn't wrong. Because like I, like you pointed out, Hassan, Hassan, whatever, he didn't actually do anything. So they did arrest him, and he's going to trial for what he thought, and just because he liked to collect guns and things. I agree with you. You shouldn't have to be in the process of killing someone to be stopped from killing someone. But at the same time, what's any different than than these people that play war games online? Elaborately bring out scenarios about taking down the government and all this, but it's just an elaborate RPG. And, and the difference is human logic. We have to let human logic at some point do its thing and say, okay, look, he was absolutely going to do this. And that's like the hard part, obviously, and that's the part that's going to have to go to trial is to say, okay, he didn't kill anyone yet, but we can say without a doubt that he would have because he amassed a bunch of weapons and talked about doing it and had plans and all of this other stuff. And that's where like the evidence is going to get tricky. But nevertheless, all of those things are evident that this was the plan and that if he goes to that, that his arrest is warranted because he was planning on doing something bad. All of that stuff that he did up until now is enough proof that he was going to do it. And they're not thought policing. They are policing his actual actions that he did, like say stuff and buy stuff and, and, you know, plan stuff. There's also one more wrinkle here. He actually kind of was delving into the 
into the science fiction because some of the things he talked about doing, he never could have done. He was looking at, quote, I am dreaming of a way to kill almost every last person on Earth. And he was looking into what sort of biological plagues could he possibly genetically engineer to wipe out humanity. His lawyers are arguing that proves he was not being realistic. He was not living on the same plane, that this was an elaborate game. That's their thing. This was an elaborate game in his head, and you're thought policing him. Maybe for one thing, but not for all things. That's why I said this is this is a weird one here. I totally agree with you. This man was clearly going to do something, and he got stopped before he did it. On the other hand, he hadn't actually done anything illegal at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about all laws, but it seems like there had to have been something illegal about planning to murder people. I, I'm not sure. Uh, remember, ooh, like five, six years ago, there was that one police officer. I don't remember if you were on the show yet or not, but we did talk about it on this show. But there was a police officer that was making plans to kill his neighbor and cook and eat her child. He was acquitted because his lawyers proved it was all just a fantasy and he made no efforts to actually go forward with it. His cannibalism was just a fantasy of his. So he hadn't actually gone out and bought a bunch of weapons and stuff. But this guy's also in the Coast Guard in this case, so him having weapons is not really that weird. Just that part in and of itself. Yeah, I come from a military family and we didn't have a fucking stash of weapons. I'm just saying, I'm going to be curious to see where this one goes, because while I have problems with the thought police part, I'm 100% convinced this guy was going to kill innocent people. If nothing else, he would definitely try, you know? Okay, yes. He might not have succeeded, yes. He might be one of those people who, you know, like, gets caught at the door because he's, like, dressed like he's in the Matrix or something. I'm just picturing a fat out of balding neo (laughs) i'm just thinking about a guy who thinks he looks really cool in a trench coat but doesn't look good in a trench coat and then is like like strapped down with all like 100 pounds of ammo and then is like why won't you let me through the door it'll be interesting to see where this one plays out so out of curiosity how did he get busted some of his coast guard mates saw him just sort of acting weird and he was like saying weird things administrative review kind of thing and it was and they found And this part was dumb as shit. All of his searches on stuff, like on the biological weapons and all this, he did it on public computers at the Coast Guard station. Cool. Cool. He's really... I was going to say, he's a really dumb wannabe. (laughs) Wannabe vigilante. Martyr dude. But then the last aspect we got to talk about is, like I said, his entire enemies list is Trump's enemies list. He wanted to make a white homeland. He wanted to stop the fake news. Is Trump's rhetoric culpable here or is this just another aspect that trump gets to say whatever he wants with no repercussions oh absolutely all of those things that you just said this is this is a cult level belief in trump's rhetoric i guess i'll use your word somebody who just adamantly believes that stuff and who this is like a lone wolf thing where they're like i'm the only one who could do this i have to do it for for God and for country kind of thing. A couple of years ago, you could say this stuff and you would get laughed out of town because you don't get to talk like that anymore. You don't, you don't get to be a white supremacist anymore without people looking at you like you're crazy. Because even if you think it, it's not a crime to think it. It's a crime to like act on it and say it is, is unacceptable nowadays. And, and it's criminal in a lot of cases. So to, to act on it, is is okay now because the president does it. The president gets to say that sort of thing. So if the president gets to say it, why why shouldn't the American people? And and it's creating this precedent that yeah, you can be openly racist and no one will ever come to you because if the president does it, why not? We've just we've seen such an uptick in in people using the president's words to enact violence or hate speech against people that the president has openly mocked. Like Mexicans, like the black people, like especially the media. Trump hates the media so much. And we have seen what kind of an impact it has had. And it's not going to get better. 
guys. It's it's literally as long as this administration continues, it will only get worse. And these this sort of activities where people are saying, yeah, I, I have to go kill all of the enemies of the president uh, and, and stop the fake news and, and do all of this stuff. It's only going to get worse because the president will never, ever, ever denounce people like that because he loves it. He's eating it up. He's found his number one fan. Well, that's a good place to leave it. So on that note, where can people contact Kat if if they are her number one? No, you are their number one. Wait, where can people find Kat? <laughs> you can find me having not so many fans on Twitter at LabyrinthCat and Facebook.com slash NerdistCat. Please, please feel free to like and stuff like that, but please don't harass me because I don't do well with that sort of thing. You can listen to my other show, Thespian Talk, over on rtgomer.com. Um, we do have some new episodes out. I just recorded one earlier today. And my other other show is Nerd to the Third Power, which will actually be starting back up this coming week. So we should have some new episodes out very soon with a new co-host, which is going to be really fun. Uh, so check us out over on YouTube and iTunes. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. You can find me at 1201beyond.com. Contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, try to be a cut above. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Have a good night. Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.